This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, the Holy One, the True One, the One who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and closes and no one opens, says, I know your works. Because you have limited strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name, look, I have placed before you an open door that no one is able to close. Take note, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not, but are lying. Note this, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and they will know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come over the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The victor, I will make him a pillar in the sanctuary of my God and he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. This is actually a really encouraging church that God has sent a message to. I find it interesting that the letter is introduced with this idea, the Holy One, the True One. Now, by no way will understand that is really the way we understand and describe what God is like. He's holy, he is true, but also he's good. And we see the outworking of his goodness in the way that he speaks to these people. Now, of course, he's speaking here about the one who has the key of David. The key of David speaks of God the Messiah, none other than Jesus. He has the key of David. It's really about the entrance to the kingdom. That's what it's really about. And so he has a message of great encouragement to these people. He knows them. He's not just looking from afar. He knows them. He knows the very depth of who they are. He sees them for what they are. And even before he has to comment on that, uh, to tell them the reality of who they are, because we need to hear the reality of who we are, don't we? We don't want to pretend. We need to know what is right, what is what is the the truth of who we are, whether it's the body as a whole, but particularly individually, who am I, Lord? No, I'm not talking about the name that God has for each one of us, but the kind of Christian that we are. It's good to know, isn't it? Because if we don't know, we might have some kind of idea that is totally wrong. And we don't wonder. We need to know, what is it that God thinks about us? What am I really like as a believer in Jesus Christ? But even before that, he has something for them. So this is looking good, isn't it? Jesus, the very Messiah of God. And we've we've sung many songs today that are really all about him, who he is, what he's done. The one who has this, this key to unlocking the kingdom which we've spent much time talking about. That it is not a given that we are kingdom people, 
because we belong to God. The kingdom is not entered easily. It, it is with, with struggle. It's even talked in the Gospels about, about violence. Now, when we think about violence, we read the news. Uh, we see it on the television. It's all about evil. But violence is not just that. If we understand correctly, it is that force. Violent men enter the kingdom. Well, it's, it's not evil. It's the strength by which we enter. So it can go either way. It's like judgment. When we think of judgment, we usually think, oh, that's bad. I wonder why that is. I think there is a predisposition in all of us uh, when it comes to those kind of things uh, to move towards the dark side. That's because it's not fully resolved in us. That's really why. There's a drag, there's a pull towards that. When actually, a judgment, a violence are neutral. It depends where you stand. The strength to enter the kingdom. Is that not what we should all be desiring? Well, here it is. This is what God is saying. He has that key to unlock the way in. And what he says is that I'm the one that does that. We move in with God's enabling. We seize it with God's enabling. But he is the one that opens the door for that entrance into the true and full kingdom life that God has for all believers. He does it. And not only does he do that, he opens it and he bars the way. He closes it. In other words, he is the sovereign Lord. He's in control of all of that. It's his kingdom. Uh, he will not just let anybody in. It depends where we stand in relationship to him. Nobody else can do it. See, there's no other way. And when increasingly in these days of such confusion about salvation, even in Christian circles, such confusion, well, it's okay. Uh, you can be this, you can be that. And God is so kind and merciful then. And, and in the end, it'll be okay. You'll be able to get there, but... He says, no, there's no other way. He's the only one. We have to be totally invested in believing and knowing who Jesus is and following through with that. There is no other way. But when we are in that place, it is secure. That's what he's saying. Now, he says this message to them, to these people, because he sees them as kingdom people. But I think they already know they don't have a lot of strength. Now that's remarkable, isn't it? Because it's the violent in the true sense, in the pure sense, that enter the kingdom. These folks as a whole, individually, they don't have a lot of strength. Now as believers in Jesus, I think we should have strength. We should have, we should have all the strength that is available to lead the Christian life. He doesn't say weak, he says little strength. And I, I think that's helpful to us. Because I think really, if you, if you look at it, and you look at your own life, uh, and you, you want to be honest, you want to be real, most people 
have little strength. Now that isn't actually the best. He's not saying this is the best. He's saying you do like something. They're not like these other churches that have been heretics and they've got involved in all kinds of ungodly lifestyle. They're not like that. They have a true heart. It, these are good folks. But really, they don't have a lot of strength. That's probably the real statement for most Christian people. And it isn't what God wants for us. He wants us to be so bold and full of his Holy Spirit that we are strong. Paul encourages that in his letters. Not in our own strength. We know all about that. We're not claiming that. He wants us to be strong, though. And yet, this is the goodness and the kindness of God. He looks at these people. He knows exactly who they are. He sees that they have kept his word in spite of their little strength. They have not denied him. Now, there's lots of different ways we can deny God. It's not just in the statements and the declarations, the songs that we sing. Uh, it is in the way that we live. It's in our interaction with the world out there. We can deny him. And if you're weak, maybe you will. But these people are not described as weak because God sees more than that. He says, but you've got kind of limited strength here. Nevertheless, nevertheless, you've not denied my name. So he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make up for you lack of strength. You don't have what it takes, but I'm going to make up for you. I'm the one that's opening the door. I'm going to make a way so that you can be, in spite of everything else and all the pressure of this life and this world, in spite of all of that, I'm going to open this door. Nobody can come against that. Nobody. Nobody can prevent you from entering in. So he has a kind and an uplifting and encouraging message. This is the goodness of God at work, isn't it? That's what I'm going to do for you. You're my people. I will protect you. I will watch over you. And, and I'm, I'm just telling you this now. What he's saying is, I, in spite of the undermining of these people who claim to be the right people, the synagogue of Satan, they claim to be Jews. Now, in that statement, and we've come across it before, I don't think that he's limiting that idea just to people of Jewish descent that have rejected the Messiah. They clearly have rejected the Messiah, the, the, uh, the Jewish people as a whole. I think he's talking about false people who claim to be of the truth, but come and seek to undermine. They claim to be, but actually, I know them as well. See, this is so encouraging for us. Not only does he know us intimately, he knows all those who stand against, who, who would try and trip us over, lead us down the wrong path. He knows them. And, and maybe we don't know who they are, but he does. And the goodness of God is seen again because he speaks about judgment here, whether that is in the now, because there is a specific for this church. He's talking to them in their day. But I think he's also giving them a picture 
of the finality of all things. That fine, uh, we live the life that we live in this, is this world and it's gone, it's finished. But there is a day coming when resurrection takes place. And what God is saying is in spite of whatever they do, whatever they try to do, I have made the way into the kingdom. I will give you the strength that you need to enter. And more than that, justice will be done. See, justice is about the goodness of God. It's an outworking of God who is just. And he looks at this fallen world and he has always done the right thing. He will always do the right thing. But he has made a way for those who will believe and follow him to be part of the outworking of that justice. And sometimes in life, and these people had seen uh, an opposition come in. They didn't bow to it. But they had seen something that was against them, that somehow was saying, well, we know you don't really know. Uh, we are the true ones, you're not. But he says, in the end, whether it's now, and sometimes God works in the now with this, or whether it is on the great day of the Lord, they're going to have to bow down to you. In other words, they will acknowledge that you were right and they were wrong. We all like to be right, and sometimes we like to hear from people when they're wrong. And there is a time and place for that, of course. But there's also a time and place for saying, I can afford to wait for God himself to come and do what is necessary. And this is his overriding message to them in saying, I'm going to take these people that have done that and the day will come and they will have to acknowledge that you were the true ones that have followed me and you have not wavered. They'll have to acknowledge it. That's justice. And it's an outworking of the goodness of God. But even more than that, it's not just about some kind of technicality that a judgment has to be made and it has to be recorded. Well, this is right and that's wrong. Guilty, innocent. It's more than that. Because when those who are false come in and make their declarations, what they are saying in some way or other, whether they use this terminology or not, is that God prefers me to you. That's what they're saying, really. Paul dealt with that in his letters. Why are there so many divisions amongst you? The reason is, well, you want to say that you're better than this group. That's, that's a big deal amongst people. But when everything is said and done, God is saying, I, I'm going to make sure they get the message here. I love you. So in spite of everything else, in spite of all the things that are stacked against, the undermining and all of that, in spite of that, the message of God is, I love you. You've not got a lot of strength, but I'm making a way for you. And in entering the, the door, the way of the kingdom, that in of itself strengthens us. Because he wants us to be strong. And that's what he's doing. And, and he's saying, don't let these 
elitist kind of people who think they have got it all together. Don't let them spoil the relationship that you have with me. Don't let them do it. Don't let them undermine you. Don't let them say that you are less than and that they are greater than. Don't let them do it. This is what I want you to know. And this carries you through. I love you. So all the rest doesn't really matter, does it? You know, in, in any good, solid relationship that endures, love makes a difference. And you endure largely, not totally, but largely because there is love which is strong, which is above and beyond all of these things. It is a fixed point. That's what God is saying to them. I, I've loved you. I'm here for you. Whatever comes or goes, you're mine. You're secure. You belong to me. If you need it, I'll give it to you. And, and this next little section is difficult to be precise about uh, because maybe there was a specific for these people. Some great testing trial. And he talks about the world at large. Unbelievers. It's not geographic. It's people-based unbelievers against believers. I'm going to keep you from the trial. Now, people have made all kinds of things with this. But when everything is said and done, in the end, God has his own and he keeps them safe right through until the day of the Lord when they are free from any form of trial it's put away. The world at large has to go through a judgment which will tell them exactly who they are, where they stand. If they are not in Christ, it's not good news, but it's right. And he also says this, I'm going to come quickly. When I come, it'll be unexpected. It's not according to some uh, predictable scheme. It's not about some chart on the wall. Uh, it's not some about, about some formula that's been worked out that tells you, oh, he's got to come at such and such a day and time and all that kind of stuff. I'll come quickly. I'll come when I'm ready. People won't expect it, but I'll come. And in the coming, you are secure. You are in my hand and you are protected. And, and what he says is this. He's already given them an idea to aim for. I'm doing this so that nobody can take your crown. It's the, um, it's the victor's crown he's talking about. It's not a ruling crown. It's a victor's crown for overcomers. This is geared towards people. They're overcoming. He's making the way. He's going to make sure that we're safe and, the, and we come through and triumph in the end. There's nothing that can come against it. It's the victor's crown. And the working out of their life in the kingdom, which started with limited strength, ends up with great strength because then they are pillars in the sanctuary of God. Some of these pillars that are made, that hold buildings up, they are the strength that keep it up. And he's, that's what he's saying. When he talks about the new Jerusalem or when he talks about uh, the, the sanctuary of God, 
He's talking about those kind of things. Strength. So the journey of the Christian life in the kingdom, it might start with little strength, but it ends up with an unshakable strength that cannot be moved. What great encouragement God has for these people. And if we have the same kind of ears, then that is what we will hear, because that is what God has for us. Secure God. He places his name and the new name that he's talking about when he, he talks about the new Jerusalem that comes down. The, the name that he's talking about is the full inclusion of all those who are him. It's salvation. God the Savior. Well, of course, uh, there were Jews in the day, uh, even though it's not in the Old Testament, even though in the Old Testament the Jewish nation was shown as an evangelizing nation to take the truth of who God was to the world. They never did it. So his name, this is the God who saves. It's a wonderful name, isn't it? God, my salvation. God, our salvation. It means salvation has come to its end. It has achieved everything that God set out for it to achieve. And these people, even though they had little strength, they still didn't waver. And he says, you're going to make it through and you will know exactly who I am, what it is I have done, and you will be joined with me for all eternity. And that's really the message to the church. Philadelphia, it was a rich area, but it was in a pagan world. God had his people there, and he kept them safe. He'll do the same for us, even though we might have a little strength. If, if, there are ifs here. If we are overcomers, if we are entitled to the victor's crown, it was called the Stephanotus, if we are entitled to it, if we keep his word, if we don't deny his name, then we have this sense, great sense, assurance of security in God who is holy and God is true and he shows his goodness to us especially through the coming of the Messiah, Jesus the Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.